Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of NFL Only Better. I'm joined as always by the dream team of John Balf. Say hi, John Balf. Oh, hi, hi John, John Balf. Oh, I knew you were going to do it. And Mike Carlson. Hi, Mike Carlson. Uh, it's a bumper episode, people. A lot I can of see in Kieran's on. face that he almost wants to do that intro over again because of how disappointed <laughs> he is with our responses. But I think we're just going to power through now, Kieran. I we're think just we're power through. through. We don't edit unless Mike says something that might get him cancelled. That's 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 <laughs> by Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> we just that's all we edit. Uh, we we hacked up line. we hacked up last week's show. <laughs> um, Saturday and Sunday games live on the box, as I said. So it's a bumper episode. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about everyone that we wanted to talk about in terms of the topics during the show, except for one team. That's the Jacksonville Jags, who are not live in the box. Shockingly. Oh, come on. Come on. I mean, what have you ever won? Tell me. <laughs> what have you ever won? You two guys, you're losers. What have you ever won? <laughs> How many NFL wins have we coached? That Less is. I don't know. I'm, I'm only, I'm a, I am I don't micromanage. <laughs> I leave that to you guys. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe Urban Meyer. Um, yes, so for those of you who are not uh, fully up to date with exactly what has happened, although I, I don't believe anyone who's listening to the show does not know Urban Meyer uh, as a Jacksonville Jags coach is probably a, a dead man walking at this stage. Uh, you would assume his time is up. Um, he has been involved in, in a, a number now of altercations uh, where he's believed to have told all his um, uh, coordinators that they basically have won nothing and he is a winner. Uh, he's fallen out with his star wide receiver. He's fallen out, obviously, with the fans for a few things that happened during the year. And most of all, uh, Mike, uh, I suppose you could say uh, he's fallen out really in love with the team because they aren't very good despite having an excellent quarterback and a good running game. Uh, they can't seem to score. They've scored less than 20 points in eight games in a row now, and they didn't actually score at all at the weekend after the controversy, which is the biggest sign that his team are probably turned on him. I mean, if they'd come out and performed quite well, you could have been like, oh, that team's done that for Urban, but they decided to not do one for Urban. Yeah, uh, they, they really do look like a team that's quit. And what's very worrying, of course, is that Trevor Lawrence is the first was the first overall draft pick, you know, in, in many ways looked at as a generational um, prospect at quarterback. And he is obviously going backwards uh, as a quarterback, at, you know, as it's a tough job for a rookie anyway in the NFL. Um, I've written about this quite a bit, uh, both when Meyer was hired and then l- last week before this all this all broke. So I'm probably going to have to write about it again. But his track record with quarterbacks has always been one of doing better with guys he's inherited than the ones he's recruited because he seems to get carried away sort of with, with, with the lure of the guys he's recruited. He let Joe Burrow leave Ohio state remember for LSU because he was in love with Dwayne Haskins. Um, and I, I had people reply to me, you know, well, Burrow took two years at LSU to become a, but it, it wasn't that he took two years. It was that the second year the team developed around him and, and he was well coached by Joe Brady. He wasn't well coached with urban Meyer because Meyer really didn't have any interest in coaching him. Now he has interest in coaching, um, Trevor Lawrence, but he hired two co- a coordinator and quarterback coach, Brian Schottenheimer's the quarterback coach and Daryl Bevel's the coordinator from Seattle, where they never had, you know, they they weren't a quarterback centric team. Well, they were a quarterback centric team in the sense of Russell Wilson, but they they didn't coach Russell Wilson. They just they just drained his natural ability on what they wanted to be a run first team. It made no sense, just like it makes no sense for him to accuse the assistant coaches of being losers. And then publicly, when he's asked about 
why doesn't James Robinson get more carries? Say, well, I don't micromanage the team. I leave that to the assistant coaches. Well, if they're losers, why would he leave it to losers? And the only way that I can see him keeping his job is if for some reason Shad Khan doesn't want to spend whatever money he's going to have to spend to get him out of his contract. Um, but, he does, you know, yeah. but if you weigh that, even in the balance, if you weigh giving Urban Meyer millions against the the ultimate loss that it's going to create for your franchise, it still seems to me like you, you get rid of him. Yeah, and it does seem like the local journalists are obviously turning against him. There's a couple of trick questions about how many times the player <laughs> have played. It turns out he had played at all. Uh, but one of the things for us, obviously, John, is we're, we're you know we're a betting show, uh, and it's quite centric on that. And and why I bring this up is that look, they've got four games left now. They play the Texans in what will be an absolute ding donger of a battle between the Jags and Texans. <laughs> Do tune in. If it uh, were for Detroit, it would be for the first overall draft. Yeah. They then play the Jets. In a, in a superstar schedule <laughs> on, on the 26th. And then they follow by the Patriots and the Colts. The, the, the reality is right now, they, they are a team that you look at and go, they will not cover a spread. Like, if they're involved, they're probably going to get a hiding for the next four weeks. Agree? I, I think so. Like you, you did mention, it is sort of a favorable schedule for them there. So with the Texans and the Jets game, you can't really be certain about how things are going to go. Remember this team beat the Bills about, what was it, about four weeks ago or something yeah. like this. In a very strange kind of game, of course. It was a 9-6 one. That, you know, you can't really legislate for that. But they still beat the Buffalo Bills, who at the time, remember, I mean, they've dipped since. But at the time, they were, you know, probably the favorites for the AFC. I'd have to look back at the notes, but they were certainly top, top two, top three. And they were Super Bowl contenders at the time. So, you know, things can change very, very quickly, but can they change quickly under the stewardship of Urban Meyer at the moment? And uh, I suspect that's no. Listen, I can't really add too much more onto what Mike was saying there, but it's just, it's incredibly uh, dysfunctional there at the moment in almost every element of the game. Uh, you mentioned there even like James Robinson, There's he's clearly the best running back. You know, the, Meyer had a bit of a, they, he drafted Travis Etienne there at the start of the season and he got injured straight away, so he wasn't been there. So they kind of inherited James Robinson, who had a fantastic year last year as an undrafted rookie. And uh, he, now these days, he just seems to want to plug Carlos Hyde in there because he had him in college. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's very strange. But th- at the same time, Shad Khan, he clearly does have a decision to make there. Um, but if you just look back at his history with the team, he's now he seems to give coaches, you know, a good bit of a, a good bit of wiggle room there. Gus Bradley and Doug Marone, they weren't they weren't cast out of there as soon as things started looking bad. So, but at the same time, I don't think and this might be revisionist history now, but I don't think things were looking as bad then as they are now. No, it's a great uh, point, John. Every- yeah, the one difference is that the players always seem to play hard for Bradley and Marone, even if yeah, even exactly. if the teams yeah. weren't very good. Exactly. And like we, uh, I'll, this is the last thing I'll say, just but just on Trevor Lawrence, like he was sort of co- coming in there. He was seen to be sort of the savior, obviously the number one pick, Mike said, generational talent. I remember reading things that he is the, and he still might be, let's be honest, but for now, they were, they were, they were saying that he was, you know, he's the best quarterback prospect since, since Andrew Luck, like higher than Kyler Murray, higher than Joe Burrow, higher than all these other number one picks that have come since. And uh, I know we talked about this briefly on the show last week, but in their first 14 games, with the Jaguars, Gardner Minshew has significantly better <laughs> stats than, than Trevor Lawrence has. And listen, no one's going to sit back and say that, Tre- or that Gardner Minshew is a more talented or a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence. So that falls squarely on the offensive play calling, squarely on the coaching and squarely on Urban Meyer and sort of suggests that, yeah, he's, uh, he's not long 
for that job. And my, the last the last kind of point I'll make in this is, I wonder to what degree that his his reputation has taken a hit. Can he just walk back into a high level college gig again, or is he going to be a few rungs down the ladder? I guess we'll find out. We'll see what happens. Yeah, he probably can because yeah, I know, would say what, so what's Mike. his greatest talent is recruiting. And yeah, and college football coaching is a recruiting game. You Fair. Know? Um, I, I think he he will walk into a good job. I've seen a number of journalists say that he's probably slightly angry that so many good jobs have actually come up in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. He would have been top of the list for her. Yeah. And, um, and if, you know, there is a new rule in the NFL about, you know, if you, if you don't have a coach with two weeks left in the season, you can start talking to other teams assistants. Um, you know, this is a lot earlier than they ever allowed, allowed it before. So it would be in that sense, it would be smart of the Jags to get rid of him sooner rather than later mm. so that they could begin the search uh, for, for another loser. um okay uh last week's best bets results uh, are in um another win for kieran who uh i haven't i haven't counted up but i i am surely now at at top of the the list um uh dallas minus four did their absolute best to turn around actually it was it was seven by kickoff so if you took four when we said it i mean fair play to you um it, it, it had moved a lot but dallas was a winner for myself Mike Carson, you were also a winner with over in the Green Bay game. Uh, that clicked yeah, pretty easily. Yeah, I only snuck that one by 31 points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and John, you went under in the Cleveland-Baltimore game, and unfortunately that was a... Yeah, that, 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 that late sort of Baltimore fight back in the fourth quarter, the third and fourth quarter kind of hit me bad on that one. So, yeah, apologies. Yeah, it, it's funny because um, after establishing my identity as the undertaker <laughs> um, this week on the, in the column on Friday, make sure you check out the Betfair. Column, uh, covers all the games on on friday at betfair.com um is um i had the i had the uh over with atlanta carolina that hit the over with the giants and the chargers that hit and then um the best bet unfortunately was arizona to to win and i and i looked at I, I, you know, looked at the over for Buffalo, Tampa and decided against that and went with Arizona. I also was 13 and 0 straight up going into that Monday night game where, of course, I had Arizona as well since they were my best bet. Uh, so I'm 13 and 1. I've never in 16 years now, I think, um, ever gone on a had a perfect week. Uh, this was my fourth or fifth one loss week. I was really, really thinking I had this one nailed. Oh, you had it? No, 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 no. <laughs> um, so as I said, there's games on Thursday, on Saturday and Sunday. Games are going to come thick and fast now towards the end of the season. Um, so let us crash right into it with Thursday night's football, which is Kansas City Chiefs at the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, we spoke a little bit, guys. Uh, leading, well, I should tell you the price is actually eight to thirteen. The Kansas City Chiefs, the LA Chargers are eleven to eight. Three point handicap over under is fifty two points. So expecting Thursday night football to be a good one. Um, we were talking about our notes before we were coming on, and one of the points uh, that I was making that I have seen elsewhere is a couple of people have said after all it's said and done, and by the end of week eighteen, will the Kansas City Chiefs be top of the AFC? Is that what we're creaking towards now, Mike? Yeah, we're going to talk about the Patriots, but Kansas are getting their act together when it matters. Yeah, and and you certainly would think, um, yeah, I, I it's going to be very interesting, and we'll talk about it in a minute. I know, but these are two crucial weeks for the Patriots, um, and there's I don't think there should be New England triumphalism yet, uh, at, you know, at this stage. But the the Chiefs 
especially if they clear this hurdle and with the chargers you you know they're they're a hard team like a lot of teams um in that seven and six six and seven thing the chargers are eight and five but they sort of fall into that same category you get a good week and a bad week you know and partly depending on the matchup and right now i think kansas city is a horrible matchup for most teams because they're playing really well defensively um if they can keep their secondary healthy they're they're a really strong defensive team and they're still not playing that well offensively um you know they they came out with a really good game plan last week the the plays were really well designed and they were getting people and but they're still not clicking you know Mahomes is still is still not as accurate, I think, as he has been for the, the first couple of years of his career, they're still dropping some passes. Um, but there's some, there, there is still so much talent on that team with, with Edwards Hilaire back. Um, you know, if he doesn't fumble that you just have to expect that they like the, like the bucks sort of last year, they're hitting their stride at the right time. Yeah. John, uh, as I said, uh, eight to 13 Casey, uh, they chargers are 11 to eight. Uh, three points is a spread. We're expecting a high-scoring game. But uh, as Mike has said there, um, it, it just feels a little bit like, even though they're not perfect at all in any stretch, and their, their offense is a bit a bit skewy at times, that KC are just coming right. It does, yeah. And we, we've said it a few times, I think, that you know you, you have to time these. No, 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 You get the odd team here and there that's going to go on a, well, what would now these days be like a 17 and 0 or, you know, 16 and 1, 15 and 2. You get those the odd time uh, throughout the seasons in the NFL. Clearly not this year uh, with the team like Kansas City Chiefs. And Mike said the point quite, quite truly as well that, you know, Mahomes doesn't seem to be the player he was in the last season or two. But I still think that this version, the 2021 sort of, you know, quote unquote, inaccurate version of Patrick Mahomes is still better than the vast, vast majority of quarterbacks in the league. That's that's kind of the difference. He has he has he's got sort of room in the tank to regress. And that still leaves him at a very, very, very competitive level. Like, you know, last weekend, they put 48 points on, on the Raiders. Uh, Mahomes was like, he didn't throw the ball that much that they were kind of confident in running in, in, in running it a lot, but he was 20 for 24, 250, 258 yards, excuse me, and, and two touchdowns. So that's, you know, you throw those stats onto any other quarterback and they're like, yeah, that was a fantastic week. That's, I did my job there excellently. Um, so, you know, if they keep trend, their, their momentum is clearly trending upwards. And if that continues at the rate of growth that it is at the minute, you know, this is going to be a hard team to beat. What the difference is, and it's, again, I'm kind of touching on one of Mike's points here, is that the defense seems to be a good bit better than it has been in recent seasons. So previously, you know, you'd, you'd always look at a Kansas City Chiefs game and it's like, well, they're going to put points on us, but we're going to outscore them. Now that's not necessarily the case. Maybe it was, you know, they, there were some going pains, particularly with the offense. And even with the new offensive line where they spent so much money uh, in the offseason, there were some growing pains. But, you know, we're at this point of the season now, we're, you know, nearing the end, like you say, here in four games to go. Those, those problems have mostly been ironed out. Again, they're not perfect. This is not an all-time great NFL team, but it's certainly good enough to make it to the AFC Championship game, to win it, and certainly good enough to get to the Super Bowl. Okay, uh, let's move on. Um, and just, sorry, do both of you fancy them at the weekend then? Yes, yes. Yes. Oh, I yes, definitely no. fancy like money line. Certainly, uh, I would pick the Chiefs. I, I'd also go for the over fifty-two uh, in this particular one as well. I think Justin Herbert is good enough as a quarterback. He's he's near the top of most of the metrics in the league this year. He's certainly good enough to stay there or thereabouts with Mahomes if Mahomes is able to put some points on the board. But uh, so I think that's you know hints to me that it could be over fifty-two. 
Yeah, I was mm. looking at M- MVP kind of ranking, you know, discussions and stuff like that, and and ranking quarterbacks in my mind. And and oddly enough, I I have Justin Herbert, you know, like the third best quarterback in the league this season, um, behind uh, for Matt Stafford and uh, who no, actually <laughs> and behind, behind behind Brady and um and Ro- Rogers actually, and then Brady, then Herbert, and then Stafford, and then Mahomes. I think it, it was like you know one two three four five, um. Although I, I will, Stafford had a great, I think he had probably had his best game as a Ram. Excellent game against Cardinals, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. amazing game. Um, a reminder, bet £20 worth of multiples or bet billers on the NFL and get a £5 free bet. See the Betfair Sportsbook for more details on that. Plenty of action to get involved in. And we move to Saturday night. Yes, that's right. A couple of weekends now we're going to have some Saturday night games. Uh, the uh, half nine game is the Las Vegas Raiders taking on John's Cleveland Browns. So we go to you, John, on this 13 to 10, the uh, Raiders, Cleveland Browns, eight to 13, three points is the over under 40 points. Sorry, three points is the spread over under is 40 points. Get it right, Kieran. Um, John, uh, I slightly annoyed you at the weekend, kind of purposely, if I'm being honest, by saying that the Ravens were five times. To- I think I said five times. You said Cleveland. they're five times better than the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> I really enjoyed it because it and really that was, did annoy That was after, literally exactly. afterwards, that the like it was, this was about ten minutes after the Browns had quite literally beaten the Ravens in an American football game. So. It was, well, it was more about the fact that like they they played without their QB and they still managed to almost win. Anyway, it was funny, uh, and um, yeah, you got really annoyed. But anyway, um, <laughs> the Browns did what they had to do. Um, which was win, obviously. So mm-hmm. that, that 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 division is is up for play. Um, a home game now against the Raiders. You got to fancy them because the Raiders are, are starting to look like a team that you know sacked their manager midway through the season. <laughs> well, that's true. There's a there's a few things to consider with this game. A lot of it was sort of developing last night. So there's a there's a big COVID outbreak within the Browns camp at the minute. And when I say big, it's, you know, we're, we're, we're sort of at like third string offensive line stuff at the moment uh, with, with an injured quarterback, you know, Landry look, well, I mean, the COVID protocols are kind of strange. No one quite knows if they're going to play on Saturday or not. I'd prefer if it was a Sunday game so they'd have an extra day to kind of provide a negative test if they're vaccinated and play the game. Um, but again, there's a big, big red flag on this particular one. Under the assumption that most of those uh, players are available, I think um, with the brands needing to win, what was it for? They need to win three of their next four games just to kind of guarantee a playoff spot. And, you know, hosting Las Vegas is one of those games that on the, on the schedule that be like, yeah, that's, that could be a win. You know, this team is kind of on the ropes a little bit. They just shipped whatever 48, 49 points last weekend to Kansas, Kansas city. So I think, um, you know, they'd be confident of a win there. But again, you know, this this Browns team has been throughout this season and even remember the towards the end of last season, they've been tremendously unfortunate with the, you know, ill-timed COVID outbreaks. You'll remember, you know, they had no wide receivers for for a game last season. Yeah, was- they had no they had no coach for their first playoff game in 20 years, no head coach. Stefanski watched it from his basement. Um, he, you know, this game he might want to watch from his basement depending on what sort of players are available to him or not. Um, but... I think uh, I'm just going to stick. I've been fairly consistent the last, whatever it is, about six or seven weeks that the the Browns defense has been really very much improved from recent seasons. I was looking at the, now you can, I don't know how much stock you guys put into, you know, pro football focus rankings and things like this. But apparently this, at, at this point of the season, the Browns have the second best defense in the NFL, which sounds good to me. That's probably 80% Miles Garrett and 15% Denzel Ward and then 5% the rest of the guys, or if that adds up to 100. But um 
So, but there's there is problems on the offensive side of the ball. And uh, Kareem Hunt looks like Kareem Hunt is out again. Jarvis Landry, who's kind of just fallen into the wide receiver one role since Beckham left, he looks like he's gone. It's it's a hodgepodge. It's a it's sort of a it's a it, they're just kind of put together. It's going to be a bunch of guys out there. So I, I'm not confident in a, in this being a high scoring game once again. Uh, so I'm hitting the the under forty point five one more time. One more time on one the more time. Uh, one more time, Mike. Uh, you are right there. You're, you're doing something. I don't know what he's doing, but <laughs> it's a warning. Yeah, well, the, the, the Browns are awful. I, I got. Oh. I mean, uh, you know, the, the, yeah, they've they've got they've got the COVID thing coming up now. But I mean, Baltimore is a walking mash station. You know, it, it's that like was they, my point. That Baltimore were all injured. Yeah. They, they they should be playing suicide is painless, you know, on, on the side. And and the the Browns the Browns close out with um what, what is it um Green Bay Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. So there they Ooh. actually do have three winnable games there. But uh, oddly enough, at this stage right now, I think Cincinnati is probably the best team in the division, um and you know probably the mo- the most likely to to get through. On the other hand. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders hired Urban Meyer as their new, as their new coach. <laughs> Talk about this. The, the Raiders, I, I don't know what they've done this year to, to um, this. It's almost like Gruden's revenge. What, what have they done to Derek Carr? You know, he had like these two weeks when Gruden left, where it was like free at last. Good God almighty. I'm free at last. And, and Carr was tremendous. And now they they've got nothing, you know, Hunter Renfro, is probably the best, you know, the best player on the team, or at least the best offensive player on the team. Well, surely Waller is. See, not best player. Well, Waller's out. Yeah. Well, I sorry, I get what you mean. <laughs> but what if they? You were saying what they've done to what have they done to Josh Jacobs, who was electric last year. Yeah, that's another. Well, it's the offensive line more more than anything. And and I think you know one of the interesting things to do with this season would be to go through and look at teams' offensive lines at the start of the season and who was supposed to be good and who wasn't. You know, and then look at them now and who's got a decent offensive line and who doesn't. You know, and and the teams whose lines have either stayed healthy or they've had replacements to put in um uh, are better and one of the things for example with new england that nobody really seems to talk about is when trent brown finally came back from injury all of a sudden new england's running game became dominant you know and and, and a dangerous thing and this is a problem injury wise for both baltimore and and cleveland um so if cleveland can put a reasonable team out there um, and we talked last week, you know, that if Mayfield doesn't play, you know, Case Keenum is not that huge a drop off from the ba- Baker Mayfield that we've been watching for the past four or five weeks. So that that wouldn't bother me. Um, I would like I like them against the Raiders. How can you like the Raiders? That's the you know, yeah. that that's the bottom line of yeah. this game. I think we all agree. Yeah, I, I think it, I think it's a Browns victory, to be honest. And I, I, the three points is probably, you know, it's probably a gimme. Yeah, it's, it's close to best bet of the weekend. I know there is. And that's one of the things as well that we should say before we move on to the Patriots game. Hold tight, Patriots fans. I know there's like a lot of you out there based on the replies we get. Um, we're recording this at uh, quarter to 10 in the morning on Wednesday, the 15th of December, 2021, in case you're wondering. Um, and th- there is a number of COVID outbreaks happening uh, across the league in the NFL. So, Things could change. Um, obviously, we all remember the Denver Broncos uh, incident of, of last season. Um, so just keep an eye on stuff like that as much as anything. We're talking about what we know. 
what happens in the future we don't know unless you're mike who sometimes likes to think yeah. of those, you know and also remember to check the weather report i think that's and right. obviously the weather report which is crucial to game especially in <laughs> cleveland there's that nasty wind that comes in off that river john you know that's true actually yeah that's oh, true yeah. one one side of the of the field yeah exactly yeah, yeah 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 let's wake all the listeners back up now with the new england <laughs> patriots at the indianapolis colts 23 to 20 about the patriots the indianapolis colts are 7 to 10 2.5 is the card spread 45.5 um, Mike, I'll come to you as our resident patriot. That um, the um, the Pats have moved up the against the spread trends. Uh, they're now third, nine and four. I think they've covered the spread seven straight. Uh, obviously, they've been on a winning streak, so they are yeah. covering spreads most of the time as well. Um, I've annoyed a couple of Patriots fans by basically saying that they've beaten nobody, and then they beat the Bills, and they were like, "What are you going to say now?" And I said, "Well, it was windy, so who knows?" <laughs> um, well, but, it won't be windy in Indianapolis. It's not windy in Indy. A, how good are they? B, I, I, I mean, right now, statistically, a Patriots Bucks Super Bowl is possible is quite possible yeah and i mean that would send and the world would come to an end the world will <laughs> the world will go mad it would be great for us because our super bowl yeah. show would be huge I, to be listened to because people would go mad for it i'm a cautious kind of person as you as you know from looking at you know looking at the bets that i i um i offer people the next two weeks show us how good the patriots are basically when you when you go back through this winning streak they they apart from the bills they haven't really beaten a quality team and the bills are a sort of beatable quality team but but as we saw last week you know um against against the rams uh, the bills finally in the second half played like like the bills that we think but they did that by running josh allen 17 times and that's not a i don't think a formula you can get yeah. through the rest of the season using um Indy's going to be a tough thing for them, but again, they, they luck out in a sense, you know, what Belichick's going to do. They're going to stop, try to stop Jonathan Taylor, which is easier said than done. The, the Colts are, the Colts are a team with a really good offensive line that's, that plays consistently well. Um, and especially in the run game. And Jonathan Taylor is a really good running back. Um, and, you know, nobody's, uh, I, I think he was in a shadow, partly because he's in Indianapolis. Um, but but he's he's showing it showing it this season, and especially without the Terrence Henry to take take the spotlight away from him. So that's their that's their challenge, which I think they will do and sell out because they'll chat. They will they will ask Carson Wentz to beat them. Um, and again, Wentz is not necessarily a quarterback you worry about beating you, you know, if all things are equal. Uh, they're, they're a good run defense. They've got big guys up front. They, they you know, they, they, they can um, rally to the ball. I, I think this is a fascinating, it's a fascinating matchup. I'm a little bit surprised that, that New England are, what is it, two and a half? Getting two and a half, yeah. That they're getting two and a half. Um, I, I thought they might get they might get a little bit more, um, but but since Indianapolis didn't play last week either, you know there was there was nothing to remind the bookies that Indianapolis had actually played pretty well at times. Um, and then the other the other question is the Colts the Colts defense, which is very quick, um, and New England will try to pound the ball on them. 
and that's it, it's almost like the inverse of the it the two the two challenges for the teams are basically the same thing and and the Colts will you know can Mac Jones and New England's receivers beat us the same way New England and can Carson Wentz and, and Indy's receivers beat us you know neither team has exceptional receivers and neither quarterback I think is is an exceptional quarterback at this stage you know Mac Jones is only a rookie so I I think it's it's kind of a toss-up with with Indy at home and and um uh like I say I I sort of think New England coming off coming off a bye week to prepare is is probably the better team but but it's it's closer than New England fans want to think yeah, and it's going to be an interesting one as that's well. That's the best thing I can say, I think. Okay. Um, if I had to push you to pick on the money line, leave the 2.5 uh, money line, 23 to 20, Colts 7 to 10, who's the most likely winner? On the money line, I'm probably going to go with New England. Ooh, interesting. I love that. Love that you went there. Uh, John Baff, <laughs> uh, it's going to be Saturday night in Indianapolis. You know, uh, it's Good kickoff, raucous crowd, fueled by alcohol and the promise of no work on Sunday. <laughs> uh, it's a tough one. Peyton Manning will walk yeah, out uh, on the field before the, Peyton, the game yeah, starts. Ch- ch- chug some beers on yeah. his forehead. Yeah, it's. I'm a. I'm a little different to Mike on this one. I'm slightly more confident in a, in the Patriots in this particular one. I, I know Peyton said that they were going to win, um, but I think this is kind of a. Maybe slightly easier. It, it'll very much will depend to what degree the very stingy Patriots defense can get a handle on Jonathan Taylor. And like he said, if they can kind of sort of contain, if they can manage the offensive line with you know Quentin Nelson is just probably the best guard in the league, and punching holes for Taylor to run through. So if they can get a handle on that, I think actually that the Patriots can keep the score down from the Indianapolis perspective quite well. And um, yeah, when it comes to the quarterbacks as well, I mean, it's it's kind of mentioned it's it's not this isn't really Brady versus Manning anymore, but it's still it's still an intriguing battle. I think you know we've been impressed by Mac Jones. I think he's been no one's going to say otherwise that he hasn't been the best rookie quarterback in the league this year, and he seems to be flourishing, you know, fantastically under Belichick's leadership, and uh, and the, that of McDaniel's and stuff as well. So. You know, I, my money will be on the Patriots shutting down the Colts in this one. But uh, again, I think I might lean more towards the conservative side if I was looking at the over/under. But I think the um, the Patriots getting two and a half in this one is probably the the, the best, the most attractive uh, bet that we have offered. If this game were outdoors, I would go under on it. But but in the in the dome, I'm a little a little bit more hesitant. Mm. Um, Saturday night, you know, beers yeah. flowing. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> get up for work the next day. Just chill out. Watch Patriots lose. I mean, win. Sorry. Sorry, Patriots fans. Um, we go to Sunday's games. Um, it is the Washington football team taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Really, Sky? Really? That's the one you went for? <laughs> right. Mike, let's do this one real quickly. Nine to five Washington football team. Four to nine. Uh, the Eagles, five points is the spread. 44 is the over-under. Who you got? Eagles are coming off a bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I think Hertz is starting if, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. That that seems to be the plan. Um I would probably start Minshew. Uh I I certainly would use him in this game. Um because I think he offers he offers them a, a better passing solution. So, um, you know, maybe you maybe you you share quarterbacks. Uh I I'm I'm putting together a thing about the teams that run are running single wing and you've got about seven of them right now where the quarterbacks are playing almost exclusively in shotgun as running threats as well as passing threats uh which is a whole new thing uh, so I, I mean i like 
I like Philadelphia in this one, except that Philadelphia are, are heartbreakers. <laughs> and I don't know who's playing for Washington. I don't know what the status is with, with Henneke, but um, I think, I think it, um, I think it might be um, um, Allen, Kyle Allen starting for them at quarterback, which would then lead yeah, me more, yeah. a bit more toward Philadelphia. Um, although as a better, I, I would probably think Washington plus five, Okay. Yeah, no, that's we can see. One of the funny things that we've mentioned about Washington and, and Dallas, who we, we spoke about, is that Dallas are kind of almost sleepwalking their way to the division. They they keep thinking that they are going to win and then they, they lose games. And we actually saw it kind of at the weekend where Dallas were a huge, huge amount of points up on Washington and then almost lost the game. So it, it, Washington are one of those teams that can stick around, but a plus five at the Eagles. Yeah, Mike, I'll, I'll join you on that. The 9-26 game, uh, Green Bay Packers take on the Baltimore Ravens. 9-20 about the Packers. Baltimore Ravens 7-4. Uh, we'll, Mike, we'll come to you on this game. But, John, Green Bay Packers are, of course, your pick for the Super Bowl. And That's correct. Let me just give you their 11-2 and two at the moment. Where does that, um, is it, where does that rank in terms of one of the third, third favorites or so at the moment? Um, let me oh, get the talk, outright talking Super Bowl actually. I thought you were Super Bowl, that, right? Tampa Bay nine to two, Kansas City Chiefs eleven to two, Green Bay are thirteen to two, Patriots okay. fifteen to two, and it's a nines bar for the uh, um, NFC. They're three to one. Uh, obviously, the books are two to one. Uh, still, still, still feeling confident, John. Yeah, confident that up there. So, what is it? Is it is it the Patriots and the books are the two favorites uh, for the conferences? Um, the no, AFC City. is KC five KC. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the Brady Bowl is it's it's not a dead cert. Well, it's moment. you know it's weird because at the beginning of the season I I said and I think I'm I'm not sure if we all agreed, but you know a re it, this was like the most likely rematch Super Bowl. Yes, I could I could remember. Uh, and that was the way I went. And then, you know, from week one, it said, whoa, that's not going to happen. <laughs> and all of a sudden it looks like it could happen, you know? Yeah, we're leaning towards that way. All right, Mike, um, Packers 9 to 20, Baltimore Ravens 7 to 4, 4.5 is the spread, 43.5 is the over under. Look, it's been a tough year for Ravens fans and for the team. They have been beset with injuries and bad luck. And yet, and I think that's why not to poke at John again, why I said that they were a better team, maybe not five times than the Browns, that uh, Browns have gone through, all teams have gone through periods of time where they've had players out with COVID and injuries and have lost games. And people have said, well, they've got injuries. The Ravens have been hurt since day one, nearly of the season. And yet they're right up there. I mean, they're, they're in the playoffs. Well, nearly. Um, like, you got to give them a lot of credit for the season they're having. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, Wink Martindale as a defensive coordinator really deserves a lot of credit, I think, too. I, I think Roman, the shine on Greg Roman as the offensive coordinator has probably gone off a lot in, in that they've still not been able to turn Lamar Jackson's offense into a consistent passing offense. But he's not going to be playing. I mean, it's Tyler Huntley's not going to be playing. They're, they're a walking mash unit. And it's still only a four and a half point spread. I find that incredible. Um, you know, I thought Green Bay would be touchdown favorites, even on the road here. Um, so, you know, so I sort of think Green Bay giving four and a half is, is, is got to be your, your bet. And I think Aaron Rodgers, I forget Tom Brady. Um, and this is not to put Brady down or anything like that, but you know, if you look at the two teams and what, what the weapons are and, 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 you know, both sides, um, 
both sides of the ball. Aaron Green Bay is Aaron Rodgers. You know, they go exactly as far as Aaron Rodgers takes them in most games. Yes, their defense has played very well this year. Joe Barry's done a really good job with that defense, you know, turning it into a um, a defense that makes it tough for teams to, to score, which, which I think Baltimore's going to have a lot of trouble offensively in this game. And, you know, I, th- I think the Packers giving four and a half is, is an easy, easy take. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. It'd be interesting, actually, if, if they were to win the Super Bowl, Green and John's premonition was to come true, or prediction, yeah. I should say. He's not Sandra Bullock in a great movie. Uh, but uh, <laughs> to see um, Aaron Rodgers scowl his way through a Super Bowl trophy presentation ceremony. That's mostly was... why I picked it. I just, uh, like, I've said it a few times. <laughs> I, I put a tremendous amount of weight in pissed off Aaron Rodgers. I just think there's, there's not many forces in football more powerful than that. If I had a punk rock band, I think I would call it Aaron Rodgers' toe. <laughs> yeah. I just see him like take the trophy, lift it once, put it down and walk off. Yeah. <laughs> demand a trade somewhere. Confession you know, falling it on just, him. It just occurred to me, you could play Sean Payton in, in a Netflix movie about Sean Payton's early years with the Lester Tigers. <laughs> yeah. We did. We did. For those of you, much like him as the guy playing him in that Netflix movie does. I think Sean Payton has some legitimate uh, gripes with the fact that Kevin James is playing him. Um, I'm uh, just like not to shame anyone or anything, but like Sean Payton is not does not look like Kevin James. I I don't know where they got. I saw the photo today, and I said I thought it looked like Kevin James was playing Clemenza the early years. That's a godfather that's, reference, that's, John. That's very, John, very old John, John blanking on that one. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, Sean Payton does not like to talk about his days in Leicester, um, nor does he like to talk about his days as a scab quarterback with 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 the Bears during the during the players' strike. But I think if they make a movie about his days in Leicester, Matt Lucas will play him. Yeah. yeah, the scab quarterback story is a good one. All right. Um, but look, we'll move on because we want to finish. We've been it's been a bumper episode. Let's not ruin it now with a big, long story. Uh, <laughs> we're going to start with uh, the Sunday night game. Mike's loving that. New Orleans Saints 7-2 at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 1-5. Ten and a half points is the spread. John Bath 46.5 yeah. is the over-unders. The Bucs are rolling. They've got Big, big time Lenny in the backfield. They've got Brown. They've got Evans. They've got Brady. They've got Godwin. Uh, yeah, and it's on Lenny. Kevin James to stop them. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin James rolls into town. Yeah. He's got Leah Remini from uh, his sitcom days as the defense Whatever coordinator, that show called, yeah. King, of, King Queens, of Queens. John, a oh, classic, classic. <laughs> an underrated, <laughs> an underrated show. Still Kevin, on. You, you, you seem to say that every television program and movie is an underrated gem. That's just your <laughs> that's your default stance on literally everything. <laughs> But uh, yeah, this is, I mean, what a, what a lead into this New Orleans Saints game. Um, you know, this is, you know, I still, I mean, it's obviously not going to be, the, I still used to, I always really, really enjoyed the Drew Brees, Tom Brady games over the years. I mean, I know that's not what we're getting this year. We're getting some sort of, I guess we're getting Taysom Hill uh, versus Tom Brady this time. But, um, you know, things haven't been great in New Orleans lately. They got a win against the dumpster fire Jets last weekend. But what was it? Four losses in a row, five losses in a row before that. Um this is, but uh, you know, at the same time, the the Saints are they as bad as sort of the odds makers are suggesting, or is it as well at the same time that the, just the books are that good? Listen, it, it's very difficult. What is it? It's ten and a half points, I think, isn't it? Is the is the yep. Yep. spread in this one? That is, if you were to apply a ten and a half spread against the Saints, you know, in the last three, four, five seasons, people would bite your hand off for it. 
And you know, I just lo- looking through some some things last night. In, in a dozen games played outside of New Orleans as an underdog of more than three points since the start of December 2015, the Saints are 11-0 and one against the spread. But there's an element of that was then, this is now. That was a that was a Drew Brees team. This is a Taysom Hill team, and it's also a really banged up uh, New Orleans Saints team. You know, they've they've haven't had their best receiver all year long. Kamara's back. Kamara's looking good. But you never really know what you're going to get with this New Orleans team. We've discussed, we don't, I guess we don't need to go into the books in too much detail. Everyone's very familiar. We've talked about them on this particular episode already. You know, are they Super Bowl favorites? Most likely they're the champions, at least 10 and 3. They're, you know, they doesn't look like they've missed a beat from last season. If anything, I think they've probably improved. They've just gotten more used to each other. Last season, it was sort of getting all those new players into the team and they still won the Super Bowl now. Again, we made a big deal about them, you know, returning all of their starters last year on both sides of the ball. It's paid off. They look more, they look cohesive. They look like a unit. But at the same time, I still, I think I fancy the Bucks to win this one, you know, but it depends on how handsomely they do. So I still, I do like the Saints with that 10 and a half. I think Kevin James and, and his crew have, have it within them to keep the scores relatively tight. And uh, so that's where I'll be going with this one. The, yeah, they've done well the against Tampa in, in recent years. Um, Dennis Allen defensively has done well, but I think it's a, di- a sort of, and last year, in fact, they beat them. Um, but that was, again, that was, that was with breeze. Uh, but they, they got, you know, they lost to Dallas by 10 a couple of weeks ago, and, and then they got killed by Buffalo the week before that. Um, so I'm not quite sure how far Dennis Allen and the defense can, can carry them in this game. 10 and a half is, is very tempting, but I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of inclined to just stay away from it. Okay. Uh, the last game is Monday Night Football. The Minnesota Vikings head to Chicago Bears, Chicago home of the uh, Untouchables, an underrated gem of a movie. 8 to 15 about the Minnesota Vikings, 6 to 4 to Chicago Who's Bears. Who's underrated the Untouchables? If anything, it's an it's overrated the, movie. 3 by 5 <laughs> is the spread, and the over-under is 44 points. Um, uh, Mike, let's go to you. Bears, uh, Minnesota Vikings. This is one. This is one I'm going to stay up to see. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, not a massive amount of playoff implications here. Um, well, but yeah, the Bears the, can roll. The, the, yeah, the Bears defense, I, I keep saying, is not as good as we, you know, as as its reputation would lead us to believe. Even though there there are a number of very talented players, the the the, the whole is less than the sum of the parts. I think. Um, Minnesota are one of the more frustrating teams to to try to you know get a handle on and and certainly to try to bet uh, the one thing you can almost always count on is the games being close and then as soon as you do they win they win a good one like la- last week um but this this is this is one where outdoors at night in Chicago um there there could be a chance for the deep the defense to to shine four points you know, this has this has the smell of a three point game in it. Um, but I think I probably I would probably look at um, at this one sneakily going over unless the weather's really bad. So I would check the weather before before I bet on it. I would take Minnesota straight up in this game, probably. Uh, and I'm not again four four is attempting attempting, but maybe not. Uh, convincing kind of spread for it because I think Mike Zimmer can probably frustrate Justin Fields in the passing game enough uh, for the for the Vikes to win this one. Um, so yeah, it's okay. Like, 
it's like I'm not going to stay up and like find myself at three in the morning uh, like a pretzel <laughs> going <laughs> back and forth on it trying to find a fourth quarter bet that's going to make it up for me. Uh, okay, yeah, that's fine. That 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 runs out the games. A reminder: we are back next week. Uh, we'll be recording at the same time of Wednesday, and some of the games that we're going to look at. Uh, again, there are technically what are Friday night and Saturday games, which is of course Christmas Eve and Christmas Day games. Uh, so yeah, uh, Cleveland Browns and Packers actually half nine on Christmas Day. So you've had the turkey, you've had the ham, you've had everything. You're stuffed. You've had enough of the family. The soaps are all terrible, let's be honest. And why people watch them, I'll never know. So you go into the other room and you watch the NFL. Uh, and you'll be able to hear what we think about all the games next week. To the best bets, gentlemen. Um, I will go first because, once again, I'm a winner. Um, one spread stuck out very strong with me when I looked over the games, uh, to be honest. And that's the Seattle Seahawks heading to the LA Rams at half nine on Sunday. Now, I know, again, there's some COVID issues with some of the Rams, uh, we believe. But uh, four points is the current spread the moment a reminder seattle are five and eight the rams are nine and four the rams are at home they've just beaten the cardinals and they're only getting uh four i would have thought it was a touchdown so that's what i will go for i'm going to go for the rams uh at home against the seattle seahawks and fingers crossed they don't have as many covid issues as um well as being reported at the moment uh mike you also were a winner last week we'll go to you um I'm going to take the uh, the Chiefs giving three to the Chargers. Oh, doing the best bet on a Thursday night. <laughs> <laughs> you got a long time to regret that, mate. John Baff, what are you going for? Uh, I am going for, we discussed it on this episode already, so I won't go into too much detail, but I have a great deal of confidence in the Patriots uh, this weekend against the Colts, so I like them giving two and a half. Okay, excellent. Gentlemen, that is it. A bumper episode, a little bit longer, I think, than usual when we're all said and done, but we'll see. Uh, but we've got a lot to get through, and, and that may be the way we look at it from now on, because obviously now we have these extra games every single yeah. week. By underrated gem of a podcast. Uh, an underrated gem. <laughs> thank you John yeah (laughs) (laughs) and we obviously will now review films as and when we we feel we need to Um, that Kevin James movie is out in in early January for those of you who are looking forward to it as well (laughs) it should be great Uh, once again a reminder please do gamble responsibly this weekend and every single weekend please do gamble responsibly we will be back next week Wednesday when we're going to preview all the games taking place over the Christmas period my thanks to John Balfe my thanks to Mike Carlson say goodbye gentlemen Goodbye, gentlemen. Excellent. God, I love it when it comes together. Speak to you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.